Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, eventually I do the podcast and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. It's episode 501. Ooh. 501. Last episode we were talking about, well, you know. The, the special episode yeah it was a special episode we talked about the first science fiction book that i read it's like specifically well yeah, it was a short story and also at the end of the podcast i mentioned some regrets that i'd had of uh, of not uh, not uh, like over the course of the sfbrp one of them was putting in 0.5 episodes like 192 <laughs> yeah. and a half like why just call it 193 you could have got on with it and that's because it turns out there's like four or five other um podcasts on top of the 500 episodes, you know, the, the one and a half, the, the 0.5 episodes. Um, and another, uh, uh, another regret that I had, uh, there was a few that I mentioned, I think. Yeah. But, but one of them was uh, that in the first year, I only reviewed science fiction. I didn't also include fantasy. True. And now when I get to a fantasy book, I also review fantasy, fantasy books because, you know, it's science fiction fantasy. It's like if you're into if you're into one, if you're into science fiction, you're probably, you know, reading a bit of fantasy. If you're into fantasy, maybe a bit of science fiction. And sometimes the line between them blurs, which... Uh, <gasps> Uh, is a a fun trope isn't it (laughs) sort of like oh it was fantasy but it turns out there were aliens all along and it whatever yes Um, and the magic we all thought was magic is actually not really magic it's actually not magic is it more on that later technology more on that later anyway so one of those books that i read back in 2008 when i first began the science fiction book review podcast was i think elantris by Mm -hmm. um by brandon sanderson who is the author that we're going to be talking about today Okay. And then there was like another book of his, or maybe it was Elantris. I didn't get to the end of it because he was, I think he was giving it away for free as an ebook or something. And okay. then there was, a, there was a few books back then. He was sort of like, oh, here's this series and here's this series. He wasn't that good at writing when he was a self-published author, you know, astounding okay. enough. Interesting. Someone can, I can, I was just, oh, it's just not very good. And mm. another book, I think I even mentioned, I don't know, I think I did one episode where I reviewed all like six fantasy books that I'd read that year in 2008. Okay. So um, yeah, I was mentioning that was really annoying to uh it's probably the w- single worst episode of the science fiction book review podcast is it yeah because instead of just talking about one book and then talking about the next i was like all oh, right because uh, i had this format where i talk about like the world building and mm-hmm. then the characters mm-hmm. so i would go through each one of them in turn and like oh what i liked about the world building of this one and because <laughs> i had all these notes <laughs> i just went through the notes section by section so okay. i'm actually talking about eight books at once and never not giving my conclusion about any of them until the end is <laughs> terrible what the literally but i was i was experimenting with the format yeah, like, well, i'd only been doing the podcast that's what you do at the beginning isn't it anyway i read a few other brandon sanderson books over the years okay um including you know what one of them was the alcatraz and the evil librarians book mm-hmm. you read that one too yep i've read some mistborn book another elements you know the ones where they burn like the magic systems are different in each one how don't many, need to go into it how many series does he or have he's, oh, running loads of at series. the same time loads of series he also meanwhile yeah. finished off the wheel of time um oh. series as well by jordan something anyway there's another gap. There was another fantasy series that you finished off someone else's. And that fantasy series ran to like 15 books. Okay. And then Brandon Sanderson was like, I'm going to do my own thing. My own epic. Ah. My own magnus opus. My own, um, 
what do you want to call it? My, your masterwork, you know, yeah. the thing that's bigger than you are. That's why mm. I always, that's what I always think about when I think about a, a masterwork, like as a painting. Yeah. Like if it's, if it's smaller than you are, nah, it's not a masterwork. It has to be bigger than you, you know. <laughs> and this certainly is. Like just the individual books are bigger. H- huge. All right. So <laughs> last, so I read the first one of this, uh, of this um, war break. No, what's it actually called? It's called the, let me just bring up the uh, website here. So I'm actually getting it. The uh, Stormlight Archive is the series I'm finally talking about here. Okay. Yes. I read the first book back in like 2012, the next yeah. one in 2014 when that one came out. And then I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's not that I wasn't into it. It was just sort of like, oh, do I really have the, uh, the stamina and energy mm-hmm. to keep up with this series? Anyway. And so these books started to be published in 2012. Yeah, so but they come the... out every three years because they're really big. Right. And, take, and he's writing like four other books at the same time all the time. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So and then you, you, this is like an ongoing um, a series not all the books have been published no yet. no 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 and that's the thing so last year you remember we were i started reading um uh, an alistair reynolds book inhibitor phase yep. and then i was like actually what i want to do is go back and read absolution gap mm-hmm. and you started reading absolution gap let me bring up my notes here because i actually made yep. a note of this i actually i didn't make a note i copied the notes from the episode that we did last year while i was reading while you read absolution gap i listened to the audiobooks of absolution gap which was 27 hours quarter share which was eight hours the postman which was 10 hours the big time which which was five hours. I started Nemesis, but bailed after three hours. And another novel called We Are Satellites, uh, and I bailed another after two hours. Mm-hmm. So lots of shorter novels. And in so, yeah, so hours and hours and hours worth of audiobooks for you to finish up one Alistair Reynolds novel. Yep. And I thought, that's not really fair. So I set myself the challenge for the when you actually, in the time that you read Inhibitor Phase, I listened to Inhibitor Phase, which was like 27 hours. or No, no, that was Absolution Gap. I didn't make a note of it. Anyway, and also I listened to the whole of Oathbringer, which is book three in the Stormlight Archive. Mm-hmm. And that was 55 hours. The hardcover version is two, 1, sorry, 1,248 pages or 450,000 words. That's so, insane. But the re- I got through it really quickly, mostly as a joke to go, right, I can read like six novels in the time that Juliana reads one novel. But what if I put it, what if I do this on hard mode and read the biggest novel in the time that Juliana can read one novel? Um, I don't think this is funny. It's not funny. And that's why I say it you basically listen you basically yeah. have your headphones in yeah. your ears all, no, the not, time. Not all the time and also but it's something that i do a lot of you and know. also your lifestyle is completely yes, different to mine. Com- i can only read when i have the headspace and that, the time and the energy i'm just saying i've grown as a person uh-uh. and i'm not doing that uh-uh. anymore when we read a book together and thank I just, you i just i'm not trying to prove a point in fact it wasn't a prove a point it was more like a, a personal it was a challenge to myself if mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing well you're not very impressed you you remember do you even remember me doing this last yes, year yes of course okay. I remember yeah yeah, yeah. I, I totally it's like do. you're responding to this is this the first time you ever heard no, about it no I talked about it on the podcast last yes, year I know anyway this year uh, no and then at the end of that podcast or that when I actually reviewed Oathbringer because I think I'd actually I, I think I'd actually kept it secret from you that I had been that I'd read this entire Brennan Sanderson novel Oathbringer until I sprung it on you and we did the podcast anyway I talked about the book and at the end I said uh there's a there's this update on the website I think it says mm-hmm. here Brennan oh, Sanderson that. yeah um 
And it says here, book five, untitled. Uh, uh, the Rhythm of War, which we'll talk about today, is book four. But it says here, and it says, update from State of the Sanderson 2020. So my schedule now looks like this going forward. As always, this is just an estimate. The fall of 2021, Skyward 3. Spring 2022, Alcaraz 6. Fall of 2022, Wax and Wayne 4. Spring, summer of 2023, Skyward 4. And then fall of 2023, Stormlight 5. And I was like, ah, I read number, th- I read the book three mm-hmm. in 2021. Mm-hmm. And the book five is coming out in 2023 in fall so you know whatever uh, year or yeah so. in september october yeah. of 2023 and i was like ah so next year next september i'll <laughs> i'll read book four and then i'm so you know i could read one book per year and get through it so it came around and i go and i was looking through you know i was looking for something to read looking for yes. something to listen to and um and uh and I've, of course i looked on the you know what I do? Good, go to Goodreads, Goodreads to read list, sort by um, sort by overall rankings or ratings of people. Yeah, yeah. And this book, oh my goodness, what a high rating! Four point six one. It's like blowing everything yeah, out of yeah, the way on my to read list. There's no way that any random person just reads this random oh, no, no, book. No, no. Like this is hardcore fans. Yeah, who you read have to this. be all in oh, yeah. on book series where each book is a fifty-seven hour audiobook. Absolutely. Or what was this one? Let me actually look it up here. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, I'm, I'm oh yeah, one thousand two hundred and thirty-two pages in this book. That's chunky. And it was published in twenty twenty. So you know, it was available. It was available to read. Yeah. And I was like, all right, here we go. Set myself up. Started reading it, and oh boy, this took me a long time. <laughs> I started reading this book. In fact, I can I can look at it because I'm on, on the um, Audible app. Um, uh, every time that you make do a uh, every time that you do a, a bookmark, it actually. It says when you do the bookmark. Okay. If you know what I mean. So, so if I click on click some bookmark. Yeah. Um, so I finished reading this on the 16th of November. Or my last bookmark was the 16th of November, which was two days ago. Yep. But I actually finished it yesterday morning because I read the, you know, I fell asleep listening to it. Yeah. And in the end, it was just some appendix, appendices. Aww. Appendixes. Um, <laughs> so if I scroll, oh, oh, wow. Holy shit. Look how many bookmarks I made. Anyway, this is, this is it's to a, my it's point. It's a big, big, big book. This is to my point. Many, so I actually started with bookmarks. 6th of September. 6th of September. Yes. In that time, I did read some short story collections and some other bits and pieces. But this is the one novel. This has been like two, like two months, two months of my life of my mm-hmm. nightly reading. The reason why it's taken me so long to get through it, not because I wasn't enjoying it, because I was, you know, mostly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, really it's because I have, you know, been traveling a bit and, and mm-hmm. doing other stuff and listening to podcasts while traveling, while doing those work trips and things. And then I've mostly been listening to this just when I've been falling asleep at night. And I haven't been doing lots of like daytime listening. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. It's just my, my schedule has been slightly different, I guess. And this kind of reading schedule, like if you have it, if you use the time just before falling asleep, that can be like, uh, for me, is like maximum an hour or maybe for you two hours in the evening before falling asleep of listening to then this audiobook, right? Yeah. So it's not actually that much time you can really spend with it no no it's like 10 minutes 15 minutes and then i fall asleep like i put the timer on for 30 minutes and very rarely i mean depending on where i am in the the book sometimes i'll be like all right and now i'm gonna do this and i mentioned this to you a few times when like oh yeah but it came up to the end of part three and there was some big climactic (laughs) thing and i was wanting to fall asleep or i get up in the morning go to the toilet and it's six o'clock and the alarm clock's gonna go for 7 30 or whatever so i go back to bed and i'm like well i'll just fall asleep to the audiobook and then there's like a battle scene and i'm like (laughs) oh i'm really in it and then i'm just awake for an hour listening to this stuff so but anyway it's taken me a long time to get through it i don't think though that that is a sign that this is a bad book i just think mm. that last 
year i read book three really quickly just to kind of prove a point yes just just to like challenge myself how quickly can i get through this this audiobook which is like 55 hours long and this time i was like oh, i'm just gonna go at the natural pace of what my life is like yeah. and this fall as they say in america this autumn my life has been just like my reading schedule has been off and i've been doing other stuff and other podcasting and i don't think it's suffered because i had other podcasts you know i had other books left over that yeah. i had actually finished off either before or during this time there were some other audiobooks that i finished up yeah and um and then we talked about them you know like the invincible and some other podcasts which i could probably find if i looked on the on the podcast list but i'm not going to bother now yeah so no, I, I totally get it. That's the big. So I've done for uh, I've done a twelve minute introduction and not really actually said what I want to talk about this book. All right. So a bit about the length of this book. One thing that you can do with a book which is so long and that you're just relaxing into is that the the author Brendan Sanderson he can also relax into things. And mm -hmm. one thing I really dislike about some authors some authors do it really well but some authors do it really badly is that they're like oh what has to happen in this chapter and they have like one point that they're writing towards mm -hmm. and so often they'll be like since the last chapter let's fill in and now this happens and now here's what we're going to do before the next chapter and and it's so annoying that like you're like well why we you have to spend so much time setting up with these people in this chapter like in this section or like in this the you know this change of scene yeah you spend so much time with them when nothing really is actually being accomplished you're just kind of setting the scene yeah one important thing happens and then and then you move on and yeah. then it's sort of like and now the next scene and it feels like very like television show kind mm. of style of writing episodical <laughs> No, not episodical, no. because episode episodes are fine. Like a chapter can be, if you want a chapter to be an episode, or in this book you have these parts, which are like longer than most, like lots of novels, just the parts. Yeah, yeah. There's five parts of this book. Okay. And each one of them, it could be a novel in its own right, if it was, if this was the whole book. Um, but uh, it's more like, you know, like we've been watching the um, <clears throat> the Disney show Andor, well, Star Wars shows, mm -hmm. Andor, which we've been very much enjoying it's yeah. like it's like the first disney uh series or e of either marvel or uh of or star wars that we've got past the second episode of isn't it we're actually halfway well through. i wouldn't say marvel because we have watched a few marvel yeah uh, but not, i'm saying for a long time we've yeah. put on the first episode and then not got past yes the there first were a episode. few where that happened yeah. um so anyway, this we're actually sticking with. We're halfway through it and we're, yep. I'm very much enjoying it. Mostly because it's just competently made television. There's a story and uh, yeah, people. A, and yeah, anyway. So what I'm saying is that in, in that, they'll go, oh, right, now here's a scene in Coruscant. And you're like, and they kind of set up a thing and something happens with someone's family. And then they're like, and now cut back over here again. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a good way to pass the time because you don't want to spend too much time mm -hmm. in each place. Yeah. You don't want them to go, oh, here they are having breakfast and there's a thing with the family. And then they get in the car and then they go over there. They have this <laughs> entire scene where they have this dinner somewhere mm -hmm. and she sets up a charity and announces a new charity. Mm -hmm. And then they go back and then they get in the car and then they drive up. No, it's like you cut out all the stuff. You go from the family stuff in the morning mm -hmm. to the car journey home mm -hmm. after the event. And you can tell it's at the end because she's taking off her ear earrings and mm -hmm. that's a like really like nice moment it's like none of these other disney shows have a moment where you know it's the end of the day and it's the end of the event because the woman's taking off her earrings yeah everything else would be done by scripting like well that was an event mm -hmm. wasn't it yes but no you just go oh they're on their way home because she's taking off her earrings like really nice like a nice moment there anyway 
this book that I'm reading now has all that stuff in between. I'm not saying that they do this and then they go there and do this, but each scene, each bit in the book, each chapter in the book can be an hour long. And in an hour long, you can really settle into the chapter. So what will happen is I made a note. It's sort of like uh, every chapter, this is my note from near the beginning of the book I'm reading. Every chapter is an hour and is doing five things. So it'll move the story along, build characters, reveal backstory, do extra world building, and it's all in one scene. Mm. You know, so often they'll be like, all oh, right, here's a conversation to between these two people. Then one person leaves and the other person goes and walks somewhere and then they do something else with someone else and yeah. then something's revealed and they talk about a backstory, then they walk past this thing. And I'm like, oh, it's so relaxing it's so engrossing just to be in a world where as soon as an important thing happens they don't go and cut and scene you yeah. know it's sort of an important thing happens and i'll be like oh most normal novels would be wrapping up the chapter and moving on and this you're like oh in another five minutes with this same person another important thing or maybe something more important or maybe something less important and then that'll happen and then the then the character would reflect on both things happening compare them in their mind come to some conclusion and I'm like, this would be so heavily compressed in other novels. But yeah. because this is such a long book, it actually allows you to just relax into a situation where someone is like doing some spy craft or someone is doing some, I don't know, some sneaking around. Mm -hmm. It's not like, and they sneaked past and they succeeded. It's like, no, they sneaked there and then they had to get over there and then they had to go around there and then they met this person and this person turned up and then that bad thing happened mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel rushed. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like, oh, come on, move on. So that's a, f that's a fun pacing of a book, which can only exist when the audiobook's 57 hours. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's not like those books where, where you... Um, it's like the opposite of what you just described, like um, where you you have either too much going on or too little going on. You know where you know there's some sometimes these books when it's just like some like lots of stuff happens. Yeah, and then um, and then they drop something else and it goes slower and it goes faster yeah. and slower. No, no, the and... pacing is pretty good. Like for a book which took me two months to read and yeah. it's 57 hours long, I think the pacing is okay. Mm. The only things that I have issues with in terms of the pacing is stuff which felt important at the time. By the time you get to the end of the book, you're like, wow, we spent a lot of time on those flashbacks or whatever. We spent a lot of time over in the other place. And yeah. now that doesn't feel like the most important thing. But when you're reading it, you don't know that it's not the most important thing. And it doesn't feel like a red herring. It doesn't feel like, a, oh, that wasn't important. Like, it wasn't it. There was, there's so much important stuff. I don't want to say important stuff. Things that is actually meaningful for the story, the world, the characters, you know, the, the plotting and everything. Okay. That even if some you go back, eh, we probably spent a bit too much time there for how much it paid off later on. But if everything paid off later on, I think that would be a bit much. And there's another thing that happened, like way early in the book. Um, they, they there's everything happening again. It's too difficult to go into the story because if you're not read another three novels in front of this, there's this big tower city called like, Erythuru. Okay, yeah. okay, a big tower, and most of the stuff happens there. Anyway, what, what's the question? What is the book? I it's don't just even a know. fantasy book. No, it doesn't matter. It it's no. just a novel. Okay, it's just stuff we don't happens. Need the title. Sword. No, it's called. I've already mentioned the title, "Rhythm of War." Oh, okay. No, I that passed. Oh, me I mentioned. By. I mentioned it earlier. "Rhythm of War." In passing. You yeah, see. it's okay. just a fantasy book. Like I don't need the to talk about book in the series. It's the fourth book in a massive. Fa I'm not going to tell you what happens in this book. I don't want to know what's happening. Right, I just wanted to know. Here's the, what happens. The title of Lev the book. All the char characters level up. You know, because it's all like D and D computer game stuff. Right. Where 
everyone gets powers and you take these different levels of power and you and you have to you, you it's like magic familiars from a different realm there's shadesmar where there's spren which are like fairy magic creatures and they bond with humans and it, mm-hmm. this book is all about bonding with people like they come and like inhabit you and like uh, like you know a familiar like they're always floating around you as a ghost mm-hmm. like only you can see or whatever yeah. and they help you do magic stuff and as you get like your, a little companion yeah like a companion and they're like uh, and yeah it's like a fairy that gives you powers but not a fairy but you know what i mean like yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a little is a and and they exist in another realm and then they cross over and they bond with humans in this realm yeah. and they give them powers like healing and flying and slipperiness and okay. weight and all these other kind of things so very uh, dnd like yeah kind of well it's not dnd because dnd has got its own magic system and brandon sanderson he this is his yes, magic system that's what i mean his but then you do like the fifth invocation or whatever it is and you like you level up and that gives you extra power mm-hmm. and everything happens in this big tower Urithuru, which is like a, a big like sky tower like two miles high or whatever and mm-hmm. it's that's where all the humans escape to at the end of the previous book Okay. And they're all living there and then they're having to go out from there through some portal gates and do battles and shit. Um, and most of it, most of the action happens there. And also in Shadesmar, which is like this, the, the upside down world where, where all the Spren live kind of exist. Whatever. I don't, it, it's difficult to explain. Difficult complex to explain. worlds. Complex, complex worlds. Things. Lots of stuff happening. Okay. And yeah, people level up and we... Um, yeah no i was talking before about how long a book can be before a revelation you remember when i was talking about the uh the rebecca rowan horse not uh, fantasy novels mm. that i read earlier this year yeah well i was like she set all this stuff up in book one that wasn't paid off and then book two came around you're like finally you're <laughs> answering these questions yeah if the whole book this book is like the the longer than both of those two books put together probably yes so he set stuff up in like hour five of the novel this book really kicks off quite quickly. Like the other ones are kind of slow burns at the start. This one like kicks off with a big event mm-hmm. and then kind of does the slow burn in the middle. But something happens. And I'm like, why are they doing this? Like the enemies take over sh- over the Urithuru, this big tower. Mm. And you have all these, uh, the Radiants, which are like all the people who've been bonded with Spren and are now like superheroes. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, okay, don't kill any of those. We're going to put them all in a room and we're going to look at, they all go into comas kind of thing because they have some, doesn't matter, magic, whatever. Uh, and they're like, don't okay. kill them, even though they're the strongest enemy and we've been fighting them from the start. Don't kill them. We're just going to put them in this room and hold on to them. That's important that we don't kill them. And I was like, why aren't, just kill them. Just kill them. Why aren't you going to kill them? It's really, you should just be killing these, you know. And, um, 45 hours of the audiobook later they're like and the reason we didn't kill them is because of this and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> and they're like oh that that kind of plot point which felt like a bit clumsy like oh no we've got to keep all the people alive because yeah i don't know it's you don't understand what i'm trying Shouldn't to say we also keep people alive yeah but it felt like the reasoning that the enemies gave to keep around the most powerful people it's like you know it's like when when they the the, the superheroes are, are like imprisoned and they're like oh we're gonna put them in the super secure prison it's like no kill them <laughs> they're gonna kill they're them. gonna break out they're eventually. gonna break out they're gonna come back it's not like they're gonna stay in there forever and i was yeah. like it doesn't the villains are more clever than this and at the end you're like oh the villains were way more clever than this and there was reasons but it's amazing to have like a 45 hour gap in an audiobook between setting something up which means you which makes you think hmm, that's a bit suspicious <laughs> yeah. what's that happening 45 hours later you're like ah <laughs> oh i get it <laughs> but it's surprising i mean of course in a big thing like that you might remember but i often struggle with long books that i start reading and 
because you you're not so into it at the beginning you just forget stuff and then yeah. during the reading experience you're getting more and more into it yeah. and you remember the thing and then you come to something and then you think like oh there was something and then i sometimes yeah. literally have to go back to the beginning and yeah. read again to then find out what i actually read when i didn't know yet what i was reading Do, yeah. you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally understand. But the, with, the a, thing, with a 55 hour... Thing, weirdly enough, this book is paying stuff off that happened in book one. Oh, no, really? Yeah, well, uh, book one, book two. So in the beginning of book one, a king is killed, and I'm going to call him Adelin, but it could be Dalinar, Kalinar, Adelin, Danilin, Enelin, Caladan, Eladan, Elokar, Gavilar, or Elethkar, because that's a note oh, that I made in the previous that, book. I remember that from the yeah. previous things. Two of those are places, not people, and maybe two of them don't actually exist. I just came up with a word. Anyway, so King, the thing that kicked off the first story mm. is uh, an um, uh, an assassin comes in and kills the king. Yeah. And, um, and we see that in book one. And then uh, we see it from a different point of view in book two. Mm. In book three, I think we got it. I think this is the fourth time we've seen that that story, that event happen from different points of oh, view right. of each I time. Because okay. each one of these books, you get flashbacks from a different person's life. Yeah. And they're like, oh, back in the day. And mm. that kind of, hap kind of happens here. But it's funny for someone to just go, and we just spent literally an hour of this audiobook is the same scene that we've had three, at least two or three times yeah. before from, well, you know that from somebody else's well point known. of view and I oh my goodness so one question about here the like how is this how is this uh, written in timeline wise like is yeah. is this progressing forward in time yeah or? mostly yeah mostly yeah so there, there were some flashbacks back to the like the original shattered plane stuff so just so you know that there's humans are on this place called uh, in this big continent on the planet mm. and um and it's completely it's not like a human world like everything's different there's mm. big storms that come through and the all the animals are different and the food comes from different places it's all everything's differently and then there's these aliens who live there called the parshendi mm. um or the singers, as they call themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and it turns out they're the natives from this place. Right. And humans are visitors. We find that out, like, in book two or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, all the time at the start, there's this place called the Shattered Plains. This is back in book one, where the, the humans are fighting the Pashendi, but they also discover, hey, this is where all the gems come from in these big, gribbly creatures. And so, the, okay. the, the armies are there to fight the Pashendi, who are like the orcs of this but they're not orcs because they're like the locals whatever anyway so but the humans aren't actually doing that what they're doing is the different armies from this like this empire of, of, of these different countries that are ruled in this like one like this uh coalition or whatever yeah they're all just like racing each other across the shattered plains to get to the the gribblies which have the gems inside them these big things so all of that we've only ever seen that from the humans point of view and in this book we get it from the parshendi point of view mm -hmm. which were the nominal enemies in that first book even though they weren't they were kind of like off to the side mm -hmm. even though they were the enemies anyway that's all so it's it's we're getting flashbacks to stuff that was happening in the first book okay. but from the parshendi point of view rather than right. the human point of view and i guess like that helps with you know my next question would have been how far in time are we away from the first book but that doesn't really that doesn't it's not really a, a question to ask here because yeah. if you are if you like you can get around of having to progress a book in in time yeah t time going forward like i don't know it skips yeah. 200 300 years Some yeah books this book's like a year after the third book yeah and that was in time there's probably like four or five four years i would say yeah throughout this book and throughout with, this series and in big books like this 
yeah. you can get around with like having to do big jumps in time or yeah. even jumps in big places. If you then do this kind of, oh, let's get back to this situation yeah. and look at it from a different perspective, getting to know the, I don't know, the reasons for why yeah. people did what they did. And and that's why you can um, have these, like what's the, the, the fourth book in the thousands of pages yeah. and still having a, a fun story yeah, to yeah. talk about and also the person reading will feel good because they remember all yeah, of yeah, this yeah. and that's i think a big credit to brandon sanderson that he's created a world and a story which i still remember the stuff mm. from book one which i read in in 2012 like 10 years yeah. ago i read the first of these novels yeah and still enough of it is like really clear in my mind yeah. with the characters i don't remember the names of the characters but mm. i remember what they're doing yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um and uh, yeah so uh, impressive stuff uh This book kind of and is really annoying that it ends like at the end of this, like the big bad and the and the big good, the big the main good guy, the main powerful good guy, the main powerful bad guy. They're like, all right, enough of this fighting and stuff. Mm. What we should just do is we should just have a duel, a one on one. Yeah. I'll send in my champion, you send in our champion, and they and they write up the contract and talk about like I was like, wow, we're getting this is, what's you know still a few hours away from the end, and it felt like coming up to the end of the books. Like, what can take another four hours now? And it turns out an hour long conversation between the main like oh. antagonist. No, no, you're rolling your eyes. Most novels, most forms of fiction can't spend an hour on a diplomatic process you know i read this book called machinehood yes um by was it sb divya yeah and i was like she goes into space she gets this operation and she's like ah oh, right now my job is to go back down to earth and convince people and do all this mm. diplomacy mm -hmm. i'm going to be the ambassador mm. next chapter Well, I did all of that. And I was like, that's the hard part. Like, yeah. if the main job that you're yeah. going to do is go down and do, like, diplomacy and meetings and all of that kind of thing, you can't skip over that. And I was like, well, that was a great success. You're like, that's, what are you doing? Anyway, this yeah. book, because it's 57 hours long, yeah. however long it is, you can literally spend an hour of contract negotiation and then bring you up, well, what about this? Well, I need to do this, this, this kind of thing. All right, we've got a time, mm. we've got a place, we've got to do it. We're going to have this duel of fates and then fucking the end, book ends. And I'm like, oh, no. give me three, give me a another five hours of like I get to the end of the audiobook and I'm like you can't stop there and it's not even a cliffhanger because you're like oh right there's other because there's other stuff that's revealed yeah. very clever stuff some I don't want to give it away but there's some really fun stuff that's happening at the end of the book yeah and I'm not giving away that there's a duel because like a quarter of the way into the book they're like we're gonna have a duel in the future yeah. and one guy goes off and they're like we we didn't nail down the details of this du duel and it's sort of like yeah you he's not going to agree to have a duel with you until he's on the back foot like yeah. that's how it happens oh, if he thinks he's still going to win the war mm. with battles and army he's not going to agree to a duel of course not and But so that's the whole book is sort of like them fight it like these <laughs> armies and stuff fighting each other to a stand like so a st like trying to work out oh we do this oh, do we do oh I've got the upper hand I've got the upper hand I don't want a duel and then the other one oh I want a duel I've got the upper hand uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it sounds like quite the kind of book you enjoy it has like it, it feels very much like um, a bit of play of games and the uh, what was the the, the oh, one yeah, with, the, with the game a, what, with, uh, with the um Uh, Nine Fox Gambit. Yes. No, it's no, nothing. No, no, it's no, nowhere okay. near as good. <laughs> but no, no, no. I'm not saying it's like those books, but it has elements from it that um, I would really not enjoy so much. Like you have these armies and these different fractions and you also have this kind of... Um, Like, I don't know if I would enjoy an hour-long conversation with diplomacy and stuff. That Maybe reminds me so long. much of... Uh, what was it, Red Mars? Yeah. And all this kind of like setting up this and the politi yeah, yeah, politics yeah. and the things. And You've the got to be in this. You've got to be into it. No. You've got to be. Yeah. All right. So 
I'm going to... Oh, uh, also, what I want to say about this book is like a lot of the themes are like mental health and okay. dealing with trauma yeah. and post-traumatic stress disorder and yeah. things like that. If you have which, armies and battles, yeah, no, it's, yeah it's, that's going to be heavy. So many books, they're like, and then this happens and then everyone just moves on with their life and they hear it sort of like, <laughs> and then this happens and people are fucked yeah. up. And they, <laughs> yes. it takes them it takes them 50 hours of an audio book to understand what's going on. Yeah. And Shallon has got, she's like, her personality is like fractured into the, like, three different magical remember, yeah. people. And that's like a lot of this book and now everyone just knows about it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But then, yeah, she has a good journey in this mm. book. Although the, it did get it get that's that's one of the bits that gets a bit repetitive in the middle. But anyway, it's fine. Um, next up, uh, what what's this note? Currency, gold versus. Oh right, yeah. So I, I saw this fun meme, which was like, you know, you're in. Um, you know, if if they're if they're using gold pieces, it's fantasy. If they're using credits, it's uh, science fiction. Yes. And if there's if everyone's solving things from math, from using science, it's science fiction. If there's magic, it's fantasy. You know, there's all these different yeah. things. Like yeah. uh, if someone's got a sword, it's uh, like, you know swords and lasers, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and here, and here, Brandon Sanderson is speed running like the industrial and scientific revolutions in this book. And he's okay. done this He's done this before with the previous series, which I've not actually uh, kept up with. Right. But I know his Mistborn novels start mm. off and it's like purely fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. But because his, his his magic systems that he writes in this book is very technological. Okay. It's sort of like, here are the rules. Okay. Now here are the resources. Right. <laughs> and so it, nothing is mysterious about what, once you actually learn how the magic works mm-hmm. and once the characters learn how the magic works, there's not very much mystery about it. Mm-hmm. It's not like Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is just sort of like fighting Balrogs over here and then flying there and you're like, why is that? It's like, oh, magic. We don't know. Like it's, <laughs> it's very systematic. You yeah. Know? I've talked about this a lot on podcasts. Ooh microphone uh, talked about this a lot on podcasts in the past it, and there's nothing wrong with this it's just like sometimes i like magic to be like whoa wow whatever and sometimes i like, like my science fiction to be like what what you know nine fox gambit you're like what are the what's the threshing hole and what's the calendrical warfare like okay don't need to explain it stuff can just happen yes. and stories can be amazing yes um but sometimes when you have this this magic that uh, is like ooh it's it's magic it it can be very convenient to yeah. just like you know the the the, yeah, the it, author puts it in don't, don't worry oh, about it again, we got out of it because it's of totally magic. fine yeah sometimes it's a bit like and then he won because he just did this thing and whatever like but it the systematic thing is pretty good in this one because you're like okay what level is this warrior on have they reached the third invocation yeah. or the seventh invocation I can't even remember what it is now yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and but because of that, because in previous books, like the Mistborn book, I went back and read another one, which was called the Ally of of War, Ally of Law. I can't remember what it was, mm. and that was sort of like more kind of steampunky Victorian time. Because oh, what had happened was people had kind of got so much of a handle of how the magic works mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, we can industrialize this, <laughs> yeah. and they move on. They're like, oh, all right, whatever. And uh, and then I think that kind of even gets to more like almost science fictional kind of stuff, still based on the magic stuff. There's mm. a, there's other science fiction authors who've done this kind of thing before, yeah. taken what used to be a fantasy stuff and like updated it. So now people have teles- not telescopes, but you know, like, like <laughs> television. Uh, this book, he's been doing this throughout this this novel, but it really kicks into high gear. And this one, it starts off and they just got a flying machine oh, and they're okay. flying around with this bridge. Like they made a bridge into a flying machine. And I was like... Um, Wait, a bridge flies? I, 
it's it's connected. Like the main character or one of the main characters, Kaladin, was part of Bridge Four, which was to get across the shattered plains. There's all these ravines, mm. and they carry the bridges with them and like plop them down, and then the armies cross, and then they pick the bridges up and carry them to the next one. Right. And he was part of Bridge Team Four, and that mm. was like the early on in the series. It was about him like getting all these ragtag slaves and disgraced soldiers mm. and putting them together into like this fighting getting, unit, you know, team, the, the yeah. tactics mm. and stuff. He's a very good soldier. Um, so as part of a throwback to that, because Bridge 4 is now like the legendary superhero team with all mm-hmm. the Radiants, they're like, ah, okay, we'll use the bridge, like these big strong things that armies could run across. We'll use that as like the main structure in this flying machine. Mm-hmm. And the way the flying machine works is dot, 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 magic, but actually technology. They're like, all right, let's systematize technology. So we get the storm light from here mm-hmm. and we plop it in here. Mm-hmm. And then if we get this thing and we tie them together, these far pen reachy things, same technology. <laughs> Again, I could explain it, but no, this no, is so stuff that you've had to be with. Will, I, don't, I wouldn't understand, it doesn't but matter. they're harvesting the magic. They're harvesting the work. magic in a technological yeah. thing to make a war machine, yeah. which to be honest is kind of underutilized, except for the you know, like the kicking off section at the start of this. Yeah. And I'm, uh, the rest of the book is like, where did they put that? Like, where is, where's Bridge? Where's Where's the flying bridge? Where's the, the ship structure? Were they using that somewhere else? I know, I know there's battles going on elsewhere, like not in this book. And I'm like, Probably oh, get to it in matter. the fifth book. Anyway, so it really gets going. Mm. Oh, and I mentioned before, actually in the previous book, that the storm light that they have is pretty much battery technology now right. that you can recharge it. Yeah. And he goes in and sort of like, oh, if you give me your gems, I'll give you charged up gems. Mm. No, if you, I'll give you dead gems and you give me the charged up ones. And then you leave them out during the, the storms, the high storms, and they get right, recharged. They get charged, yeah. And so a lot of that second book was like, all right, I need to fly from there to there and I'm going to use up this much stuff. And it's it's literally electric vehicle range anxiety as yeah. he's going along. <laughs> and also they've got these far reads where they have these two, like these two pens, which each have like an emerald, like different gems have different, hold different kinds of spren or whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. Anyway, you can write with one and on the other, the, the other pen goes in the same way. So you can write it. And mm. in the third book, there was like these whole, it felt like IRC chat logs or like text message conversations right, yeah. back between people. And you're like, oh yeah, well these women who are, they're all the, the women of the scribes and writers and stuff. Yeah. They're all, they've got this whole network chatting of among course. themselves. They have their own Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like their own Twitter, their own social network due to these far spans i can't remember what they're called anyway yeah so yeah it's it's funny that you see these like new war technologies and communication technologies and then some of the people like if they have the right kind of magic power they can do like 3d representations and they're like and now where's the map ah oh, the map is here and it's literally like you know the scenes in the science fiction things mm. where they're like and now and this and 3d model yeah. Yeah, and it pops up and they can walk around and point yeah. at different things you're like ah oh, all of the trappings of science fiction are coming in here yeah. um but weirdly enough so much of it skipped over in terms of world buildings and i think this is kind of like the the language that brandon sanderson is using is now he's skipping over too much of what used to be like fantasy language Mm -hmm. no let me put it this way when you start a fantasy series there's some things that you can't mention you know you can't talk about you can't use words which come from the industrial revolution and and the scientific revolution in to, our like real world yeah in, yeah in our in our real world yeah. to talk about stuff in a fantasy book yeah if you suddenly start going oh and this was three millimeters long it's like no you can't use millimeters <laughs> you can't use kilometers and millimeters yeah. that's science fiction uses millimeters and kilometers <laughs> yeah. and you know whatever kilometers per like or you know kilometers per second if you're or minute or whatever it is you know if you're in space and yeah, you're or doing parsecs that. or these kind of yeah or parsecs or light years light years is literally buzz light year it's mm. like we are Ah, science fiction to infinity like 
concepts of infinity, light years, the metric system. Yep. You can't use any of that in a fantasy book. You have to use inches and, wow, you were going very fast. <laughs> but because Brandon Sanderson is like speed running this industrial and scientific revolution, yeah. he's having to, use, to just communicate with us in the 21st century now yeah. in English language. Yeah. He's having to use lots of terms, which I'm like, where did... Not just where did that word come from, where did that terminology come from, but the concept that you're basing that on took 200 years worth of English language and scientific and industrial <laughs> yeah. revolution for us to even be able to, like, even to have a concept to be yeah. able to put a word comprehend, to that, yeah. to, to comprehend yeah. it. So, um, so they're talking about fabrial mechanics, and fabrials are sort of like machines made with, like, this magic basis. Mm -hmm. And... They're talking about like, oh, hyperviolet, a color that exists in theory. It's like purple and black. I was like, oh, so infrared. Right. Okay. Because there's this stormlight. And so they're like, oh, right. You're investigating light stuff. And then they're going, it was five degrees colder on the plateau. I was like, degrees? Like five degrees? Like degrees? Like we ha you haven't even mentioned that anybody has a... You know uh, anything? A thermometer. A thermometer. Like uh, Mr. Fahrenheit. Who was Mr. Fahrenheit in this? That they had a degree to come up with to work out that yeah, between like the coldest thing he could measure, which was like what salty ice, and the warmest yeah. thing that he could get him handle on, which was consistent, was you know human body temperature. Yeah. And so he made you know hundred degrees between the two, and then Mr. Failed. Yeah, and then Mr. Celsius comes on and makes his oh his centigrade, his hundred degrees separation. Kelvin. Yeah, yeah, and who's Kelvin? Like, so all of these people who should have been making all these discoveries that put words to things, like all of these scientific terms, have an entire story behind mm -hmm. them. They're talking about vaccines. They're talking about germ theory, five degrees colder on the plateau. Um, they talk about like, oh, this is a type two invested being. I'm like, who came up with the types of invested bidding? They're talking about um, infrastructure. Oh, this kind of infrastructure was built over here. I'm like, infrastructure. Like, did he write this during infrastructure week? You know, in, you know, Trump's. And yeah, they came out in 2020. Yeah. Infrastructure is is a very 20 it was very 2016 to 2021 2022 kind of vibe because yeah. infrastructure people got very very uh conscious about infrastructure yeah um it gets to the point where they're like tr tracking long distance telephone calls they have all this kind of stuff um they use they're talking about oh on this continent i'm like okay what did they call what did when humans were all on one continent what did they call the continent they were on they didn't. They didn't because you only have a name for something if there's two of them and then you have to differentiate <laughs> between the two of them. They're talking about different plants, although this is different in this because the humans have like this weird memory that, oh, millennia ago, mm. we came from a different planet. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, elaborate. No, don't need to elaborate. It's, it's okay. It's it's all the different planets could actually be other science fiction, sorry, other fantasy series by Brandon Sanderson. He's yeah. doing like a, a Dark Tower kind of thing that Stephen King did where he's like, oh, all of these worlds, all these fantasy worlds and, uh, you know, horror worlds and all these different things are all connected somehow. Mm, but we don't know yet. Don't know mm -hmm. yet. Anyway, this is the Cosmere that Brandon Sanderson's done. Anyway, they're talking about different planets. What did... Uh, uh, people never... Like... Ancient people didn't know that Earth was a planet. For no. them, a planet was a wandering star. So like, yeah, these, there's these like stars that go around. Like, they're not stars. They, we can track them. We know what they are, but they're these wandering stars, planets. And then, you know, only after they're like, oh, the sun is the center of, mm -hmm. you know, heliocentrism. And, just, and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, 
Oh, Earth is a planet. Oh, Mars. Okay, so now here it is. We're a planet. Mm. Mars is a planet. No, that's okay. I don't. I, that's fine because there is some like again people coming from other planets, coming from other things. And in this book, they're like, oh yeah, we actually sent these spren out to try and cross the void. It turns out in between these, you know, in between the vo- in between the planets, there's actually you know there's no air there, and they couldn't get between them. So it's, yeah. we have to go through shades, Mario, like this upside down world to get yeah. between the dip. So it's fine. But there's so much language in this book, which is based on like. 21st century language <laughs> and it's fine but it does it feels like he's because he's speed running this because he's sort of like oh in the course of five years in this book yeah. we're going f-. he even talks about this thing okay we've got these like logic spren i don't I'm not sure if that's what he calls them but they're like alternating so they keep switching between different states and sending so quantum computing no not quantum no. like this is now logic gates this is like transistors and things oh, okay. like that yeah Later on, they're talking quantum. They're rediscovering. They're getting. They're getting all the way to quantum <laughs> mechanics. They're like, is this is this different? Because everything's based on this stormlight, and there's different kinds yeah. of stormlight. Yeah. There's these different colors and shades, mm-hmm. and one comes from the Storm King, and one comes from Odium Light, which mm-hmm. is like the the opposite of that. And then there's other. There's other, uh, yeah. I don't need to get into it, but there's all these different kind of stuff. But yeah, they're talking like deep. You know you know electromagnetic spectrum and they're like mm, is this a wave or is it a particle sometimes it bounces like and i'm like really quant we're doing we're getting all the way to quant- like in the first book it's like yeah people with swords and you know people the best that they had is like a bridge that they dropped out like they flopped down but over a chasm and then people run across it and they're being shot by bows and arrows book four we're, we're literally getting to quantum mechanics here and- okay okay interesting so but do we know what living conditions of these people like well, do they have bathrooms yeah, and, yeah. Like- and now the thing is that they're living in this <laughs> big in this Arithura, which is this big tower it's yeah. a science fiction tower right. there's like magic doors and it's all like this and there's plumbing and there's heating systems and they shut off you know so it's fi- like the world is keeping up but it feels like a lot of the mindset of like infrastructure week mm. you know when the book is talking about infrastructure week i'm like look what like the, oh, it's literally talking about infrastructure. It's week. not talking about infrastructure okay. week, but it feels like a, for a book written in 2020, or yeah. that was published in 2020, that was obviously written in the three years before that. The mentions of infrastructure feel very American yeah. 20, 2018 yeah. to 2020. Yeah. If you know what I mean? And I don't. It's not a bad thing because, yeah. like, when there's this book, I don't want like it would be weird for each one of these things to have a, a fantasy name. Mm. Like instead of calling it infrastructure, they call it you know something something shades. No, that's the thing. But I don't know. Like there, there is enough fantasy talk in this. So when they actually talking about ultraviolet, that they call it hyperviolet instead of ultraviolet, I'm like. Okay, hyperviolet instead okay, of ultraviolet. Okay. Let's go with it. Yeah. Let's go okay. with it. Call it the with the purple on black light. You're mm. like, okay, it looks like black. That's actually purple. Mm. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like ultraviolet, infrared. This is what we're discussing now. Some of them have new names, but some of them are just sort of like logic gates. Let's just use the <laughs> word. Um, but the thing is how what I keep seeing now, it, especially in the last two years with humanity, is that you you cannot really do this kind of speed run of this kind of technological um, advancements because, and now I see it happening live and in person, um, humans don't, humans are slow in their reactions yeah. and they are very like, oh, I don't want anything yeah. to change. I don't want this. This is, this is not, this is not true. I don't believe it. Uh, yeah. Whatever. This is, and, and, and if you have then suddenly like literally five years where you advance from playing with swords and their bows and arrows, yeah. and then you live in a house with plumbing and stuff like 
just the way that I know humanity, maybe these, these humans are different, but the way that I get to know humanity is that he, that no, no way to do that. Like there would be people like, no, we don't want this yeah, the and this is bad and this is... Mm. No, there is, there is a bit of that, but it, that we're not ever with the common people. We're a little, only very rarely with the common people mm. here. We're here we're with the royalty and the superheroes. Oh, Remember that from oh, the previous book. That's right. where, that's the only, that's the important thing. We've got oh, the superhero okay. team. Yeah. Although a big part of this book is the shutting down of the magic system. So none of the, like I say, most of the superheroes are in comas, you know, and, mm. only, and only a few of them, sorry, only a few of them can keep working and the people okay. who aren't there can keep going. Anyway, so yes, that is true. It is one of those things that like, if the technology exists when you were born, mm. it's like like all the millennials growing up and didn't, don't know, well, what is it? The Gen Z grew up and they don't know a world without so, uh, social media. Yeah. And the, the other kids who don't know a world before the internet even yeah, exists. Yeah. And it's going to be like, you know, of course, smartphones. Like, yeah. you know, there's a whole generation where people didn't have computers in their pockets. And yeah. now... Uh, these people already exist. Yeah, but you can be 15 years old and you're younger than the first iPhone, mm. you know. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but then you're not really like in the, in the time 20. when they got conscious, then they yeah, already yeah, experienced... You can be 20 years old yeah. and smartphones and iPads have always been part of your life. Or yes. Whatever. Where iPads, when was that? 2010. Either way. Look... That's beside the point. Yeah, beside the point. But like, I'm 42, mm. and the technology—the first technology that I remember mm. was yeah, VHSs, and you know, a VHS was like not everybody had one. Yeah, because they were still like not great. You know, I remember seeing my first Nintendo Entertainment System mm. down at 20 number 22 down the street from us, as with the Pattersons, because. <laughs> His the, the the Patterson the the father had been to Japan or something like that or been to America maybe it was been yeah, to America probably, yeah. anyway like really really early you know NES games playing Duck Hunt and stuff and you're just like holy shit like colors <laughs> on the screen and... anyway so I'm yes. just thinking about like like yeah. for me playing computer games is like you know built in mm. in a way that for someone who's 52 it might not be yeah you know. And for someone who's now 22, they've been playing first-person shooters where they didn't even exist. Like, yes. I was already 22 before you could play first-person shooters, like, on networking in a good of, way, you know. Of course. And suddenly you're like, oh, uh, you know, uh, Unreal Tournament and, uh, you know, Counter-Strike, you know. I was already an adult before Counter-Strike came out. And now, 22 years later, <laughs> Counter-Strike is still a thing. Yes. Um, you know, and you can still have these... Whatever. Either way, but it's a generation worth of people. Uh, yeah, but I do think you know there are these big step changes, like beginning of World War Two to end of World War Two. Yeah. You went from biplanes to to rockets. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's Rockets true. going into space and jet aircraft by the end. You know, as the, bad as wars are, they definitely progress. Yeah, and that's what this book is about. This so book is much. about war. This okay. is called Rhythm of War, and it's talking okay. about trauma from war, but also technological mm. advancements oh, from war. Okay, you've got to ask me a question, and I'm going to take a drink because I just noticed my voice is cracking. Okay just as i didn't have a question at the moment i just did all my talking and all my um yeah. remarks on <clears throat> the topic all right i think i'm back okay so so this book rhythm of war is is literally taking taking the taking it literal in in lots of ways that uh, rhythm and and progression i will and, tell you okay tell me and I'm going to do this because I've just, I, I, I thought I got to the end of my notes because I was here. Look, and then mm. I scrolled down. I was like, oh, I've got a few more. A whole other section. <clears throat> no, it, it's actually, uh, this. I'm going to talk about the writing and I'll get to the rhythm of war one yeah. day. Um, so uh, I've talked to you about, before about the word besides. 
something something besides yes. something something it's like ah the author had two things that they are two two or three different reasons for something mm-hmm. to happen and they're not confident in any one reason so they're like besides we've got to do this yeah. discovered a new one ne- uh, regardless okay <clears throat> which is the opposite it's yes. sort of like hanging a lamp oh, really struggling here. <clears throat> it's like hanging a, a lampshade on the the opposite reason why you shouldn't do something regardless i'll do it anyway yeah and oh my good this book is full of besides and regardless <laughs> okay. and i know it's one of those small things besides i've just got a, a new word to throw into it regardless mm-hmm. which i think is quite fun um did i tell you about my uh diploma thesis where i what? i literally typed in like my my friend who was doing a little bit of editing with me yeah. and she pointed out a word and then i typed it in into you know yeah. the search bar yeah. and it came up like 76 times <laughs> and in a 60 page uh, yeah. thesis that should not be yeah, the case once, once per once per page yeah that's definitely something you should do with a book yeah this this book has got like 1223 pages mm. probably 1222 besides <laughs> maybe not but if it, it, actually that's not true it's not that bad but i'm just saying but it, it is one of those at you at some point. It, it always pops up because it, it feels like it might not be, but it always feels like an author not feeling like they want to over-explain themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what besides are. Mm. It's like, pick one. Like, I don't mind it if it's a character thinking something through. Ah, besides. Ah, besides. Ah, yeah. And also this, you know. And the, But when it's in conversation, when someone... Talk, because humans don't say besides that much. No. They, when they get to the end of a point, they just run on to the next point. They don't mm. go, and now here's a new point, which I will delineate by the words besides <laughs> and give another <laughs> reason. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and, the same with, yeah. and the same with regardless. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a few things that Brandon Sanderson writes, which I still don't understand. He, he said with a frown on his lips. And I'm like, a frown isn't on your lips. A frown is a forehead thing. Isn't that the it's eyes? like an eyes and a forehead yeah. thing. But he thinks a frown can be something you do with your mouth. I'm not sure. Mm. There's a few times when I'm just sort of like, ah, I felt like you didn't catch that in the edit. Um, if someone once says, don't come back or we'll uh, come up with a better insult than this one. That's actually something a character <gasps> in the book says. And I was like, Sanderson, I know this is like, you know, 57 hours worth of audiobook, but before they record the 57 hours of the audiobook, go back and actually write that. You know the insult that you wrote that the character that you should have written like when you type it in TKK or whatever it is, or TT, you know, with the, 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 the letter combination that never comes up in English, oh, which yes. is TKK. Yes. The editors will put that in and then they can do a search and replace yeah. for TKK yep. or when somebody else edits it like the writer will put it in and the editor comes through and goes ah TKK yeah. uh, we need to fix this it, that feels very much like a TTK TKK kind of joke and I, was, I made a note fuck you write the insult don't say that the the character isn't good enough to write an insult you should be good enough to write the insult um <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk adverbs. In the previous book, mm. I mentioned spren, and I re- and I told you that every all of these spren, like these different, these spren pop up, or they they come over from shades. And they're people. Whatever. Well, the spren, no, they're kind of yeah, like these mini fairy stuff. Some of them are more sentient than others, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of like you know whatever mm. magical mm. beings mm. that they they come up when something happens. Mm. So you get things like rot spren. So when something's decomposing, these mm-hmm. rot spren will come up. Mm-hmm. Fire spren, mm-hmm. wind spren when there's wind. Mm. Um, but also they come up into in heightened emotions. Mm. So there can be fear spren and exhaustion spren. And I mentioned it was annoying that instead of just using the 
adverbs that's the correct one isn't it say something something he said fearfully something something he said yes. you know yeah, adverbs. Uh, yeah. And, and i said these spreads so it feels like you know the the show don't tell kind of thing mm. it feels like he's showing instead of telling mm. but if there's a one-to-one -one relationship mm -hmm. between the thing that he's showing you and the emotion being described so it's very passive in in this sense yeah it feels very passive it's yeah. sort of like th this person did this an exhaustion spread sprung mm -hmm. up around them mm -hmm. and it's sort of like yeah that you're showing but you're just telling us that exhaustion is in the scene at the moment yeah and uh and so the uh, this is the example i used i think when we talked about this a year ago it's sort of like he, he, what you could be saying is he did it and he wipes breath from his brow and his breathing was really heavy why am i putting so much energy into this it might not even be worth it he mm. thought you know that suddenly that's us that's that's real showing rather than telling yes you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely rather than said he said exhaustive exhaustedly <laughs> or whatever like that you know even just putting he said breathing heavy and wiping sweat from sweat from his brow creates a picture which exhaustion spread sprung up around like yeah. like the the spread then we is... can literally see that all right so let's put that aside hmm. now let's bring up rhythms Mm. The, the Parshendi were called the singers because everything that they say, they don't just say it in their own language. They sing it nice. to different notes mm -hmm. and rhythms. And each emotion has a corresponding rhythm. Okay. So they will say something and as they say it, they will do a rhythm. I don't know. No, that's more of a melody. That was a very basic rhythm. Mm -hmm. But we're not told what the rhythms are. We're just told that they exist and that the singers are doing them. Mm-hmm. But we're then not told how they're doing them or why they're doing them. But everything that they ever say, they say to a rhythm. Okay. So something, something, something he said to contempt. Something, 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 an attuned irritation. And mm -hmm. in those times, actually, contempt and irritation, literally what he's saying in that case, Brandon Sanderson is saying as the author, is something, something, something he said contemptuously. Something, something, something he said irritably, you know. Um, that's what it becomes. So he's found a new way to do adverbs. We still see the spren come up, which are adverbs for the for the human emotions. <laughs> the Parshendi, who are this other race mm -hmm. that live here on on uh, on the continent, which I can't remember the name of the continent. They have their own system of adverbs, which is rhythms. Right. Do you understand? Yes. He said but it's... to the rhythm of. I don't know. I, can't okay, even, but I don't even know what my emotion is now. But, but we, the readers, don't get it firsthand. So it's not like uh, the in the audiobook you can literally... No, we can't hear anything in the audiobook. They, they just talk normal. Yeah. And, and all it does is he enters then in the translation for us. Here's the thing. Right? Here's the Did thing. Did I get that correct? Yes. Hmm. But let me explain. If hmm. this was an... Thing, good thing is an audiobook. You can just like... The, the performer can just do the voice mm. in an irritable way yeah. or a contemptuous way. Mm. You can do acting. Yeah. But on the page where this is being read from, you can't. Yeah. It felt like every time Spren popped up or every time a Parshendi said something to a rhythm, mm. it felt like I was reading emojis in chats. <laughs> okay. You understand? Yeah. Like your, what you just did, Juliana laughed to... Uh, and joy spread popped up around her. Juliana laughed to the rhythm of joy, whatever. That's literally what I have. Everything someone says has got a single emotion attached to it mm -hmm. where a single kind of spren will pop up or they will sing it or they will say it to a single um, rhythm. Mm -hmm. It's like basic. And I honestly think you could go through this book all 
1,223 pages mm. of it, all 57 hours of an audiobook, although not an audiobook. And you could notate this with emojis. Right. Mind-blown emojis, angry emojis, <laughs> um, you know, sly-looking emojis, glasses, yeah. uh, you know, sunglasses emojis, smiley emojis. Every single, every single... Because what we're always seeing is sideband communication. You know what sideband communication is? It's just sort of like we're communicating with, with voice and like all of the meaning comes mm. across by the words that I'm saying. Yeah. But then I'm doing this with my hand here to kind of like help the em- rhythm. Emphasize it. Yeah. And I can raise my eyebrows at something or I can glare or I can frown with my lips, however that, however you're meant to do that. You know, yeah. all of that stuff, which is conveyed with human connection and being able to see other people's facial expressions, their motions, yeah. their hand motions, their body posture, all of that other stuff is the sideband communication. I've talked to, like science fiction authors love this. And I was talking to you about what the, what, the one of those books was and i was like oh i bet it's the the, the feathers you know it's going to be the rustling of the feathers i can't or maybe that wasn't my guess oh, yeah. but you know what i mean it's sort yeah. of like oh the the aliens are communicating but we can't we they're not like they're screeching at each other but like they must be communicating it's like okay it's going to be pheromones it's going to be body posture it's going to be colors in you know maybe some you know hyperviolet that mm-hmm. we can't even mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. it's going to be shaking the feathers mm-hmm. it's going to be rattling you know rattling bones it's yeah. going to be cracking their knuckles and we don't notice or it's going to be tapping on the floor yeah. like sideband that other communication yeah. like where other meaning is portrayed yeah. in in the case of those birds in that novel i can't remember what the novel was called um, i have it in front of i have the yeah, cover in front yeah, of yeah, me yeah. but it, I, the one in your head it was a yeah. recommendation and yes. i only got halfway through yeah um but the sideband was the screeching and the humans were like well the screeching is the is the communication yeah. but we don't understand it so like, it turns out the screeching was the sideband to the real communication which was the the birds flap doing you know the the what is it the birds of paradise dancing or the ducks no no ducks. Yeah, they, they put the feathers in different um configuration oh it was the feathers was yeah, it yeah. okay i couldn't i couldn't i can't remember what i suspected it was and then what it actually mm-hmm. was but it was like okay here's another the science... i don't know it yeah was it's something like here's to... another science fiction book where it's aliens we don't understand yeah. we got to work out what the sideband uh or what, what the real communication yeah. is and, and this is with writing is particularly um difficult because even even now like when you see a written text um you can literally put any emoji, any sort of, or not any, but you can sometimes have two different sorts of emotion attached to this yeah. and then it would mean opposite things. Yeah. It reminds me of like actors, like good actors. I, mm. I w- watched this movie once called Room or The Room and it's about some it, weird, weird story, but it's based on, a, a I think, a novel or a book um, where you get quite a way through the book and you realize, oh, this kid who's living in this room, his mother was kidnapped as a teenager yeah. and then she's been raped and now she's had a kid in this room and this this kid has grown up in this room mm. where he didn't he doesn't know that like you only pick it up from the point of view now that you can't it's very difficult to do that in the movie but anyway they got this kid and i was like this kid's an amazing actor and then as i got halfway through the movie i was like oh he's not an amazing actor because he's only ever doing one emotion at the time mm. he doesn't have he can never do two emotions mm. and with any with any one shot of the camera he never transitions from one emotion to the next emotion. Yeah. And it was one of those things that clicked in my mind. I was like, oh, that's what actors do. They can, they, a good actor shows more than one emotion at once. Yeah. And they show transitions between emotions. Yeah. 
I even wrote this into one of the stories that one of the novels that you can read on my website, which is the monster story. And I yeah. say, oh, the way that we're going to, this is the scene that we're going to give to the, like, because it's a, you know, discussion among movie producers and directors yeah. about making a science fiction movie. And I said, this is the scene that we're going to give to our main actress, uh, or actor, I can't remember, mm-hmm. because they have to look at somebody, have this reaction, then go to that reaction, then think that reaction, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it all just by the look of their face. And we, if yeah. someone can transition between these four emotions yeah. in a row, uh, that's going to show that they're good enough to have this part. But it's not only about transitioning, it is also about a natural rhythm yeah. of the transitions. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, sure, you, you even, like, a, a normal person can can do the acting of transitioning between yeah. emotions but the real art there yeah. is to make it so it fits with how a normal in this normal situation yeah. the way that it would yeah, last yeah. and how it would yeah. go and you've that is see, really you, difficult yeah, you've got to see the thought process behind yeah. it and it's really difficult because you as the actor you know you are you are aware of mm. what you're doing and yeah. so it is really difficult to then um put that aside yeah, you're not just then, pretending to have yeah. this emotion that emotion yeah I, I can't remember there was another movie that it stuck out i think i was watching the dvd extras of the movie uh, gladiator mm-hmm. and they have this moment where um Joaquin Phoenix does this scene where he's like I don't know there's there's a there's a sculpture the statue of his father's head in front of him mm. and he he has something about it or maybe he hits it with a sword I can't remember <laughs> it was cut from the movie and they said and here's different some different edit points we could go out now we could go out now and we could or we could go out now mm. like those are three different mm. times we could end the scene and looking at it you're like oh but he's just sitting there looking at his father mm. being like oh no he's really acting and each time they said now he's sort of like got one thing and then he thinks another thing and then he th- yeah. and it yeah. depends and like it's so really subtle, subtle. Yeah. yeah so subtle but a good actor can take you on a journey mm. just by like slight different intensities and mm. take you on a journey and you're like and cut and it's sort of like when you when you have the different outs mm-hmm. of the scene when you have different outs of the shot mm. and it always really stuck with me that you're like oh the scene can end and the meaning of the scene could end after all the dialogue is done all the actions done it's just one person looking at a statue of his father and where they cut would the the character would be different at mm. e- each moment that they cut yeah the, the meaning is different he said to ast- astonishment or whatever no what i can't say and an astonishment Astonish- spread and again astonishingly with with w- one way of doing adverbs mm about how people are feeling and thinking and speaking, this book is diminished by by, by that. Mm-hmm. Because every time it come up, I was like, Brandon Sanderson, I know you've got a lot of the book to get through, but just saying he said to contempt, he, he attuned irrit- irritation or fear spren popped up or exhaustion. You know, these examples that I mm. used before. Yeah. It diminishes the book, um, but it's it. You kind of have to do it because there's so much in the book <laughs> yeah. that you've just got to get through. Just use the adverbs, like yeah. he said, confused, confusedly. He said irritably. Like just, just do it. Yeah. And if you just use the adverbs, the the Lee words, he said quickly. He said, you know, I can't even think of it as a sprightly. Riley is the, is the, <laughs> the word. He said Riley. So I'm like, how do you say something Riley? It's not like, oh, the rye look on your face. Like, yeah, what does rye mean? It's like, oh, okay, it's like this circular kind of it's thing. Like, goes, it's like one of those things that I, I assume um, writers in like writing school, they get like pages and pages of um, how to describe this yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> but that's it. It feels like a writing trick. Like you're 
always told show don't tell and he's mm. worked out a way to show just by telling yeah. and also go through and cross out every word which follows something which ends in the word which ends in the letters L Y mm-hmm. he said stubbornly it's like no instead of saying saying it stubbornly come up with come the, up with the, like him a, saying yeah, something saying it and then show no, I won't do it this way yes, I will and he it did it by way. stamping his feet and crossing his arms in front of him it's sort of like yes he said it stubbornly how do you do it by stamping your foot and crossing your arms in front of you it gives a gives an image for the reader to latch on to rather than just a an emotion that you're being told somebody feels yeah but or, it's 10 more words than just one lee word yeah I mean this would make the book last 60 hours long yeah, if every we time don't want that sa- either do we again I'm just saying it is it is a knock a, a there is a knock against this book which okay. is some of the writing he's very good at writing he's good at characters i enjoy spending time with the char- most of the characters the twists and the turns and the speed running all that all of it's there but this book is let down i think by some of the i wouldn't say lazy writing but some of the shortcuts that he's mm. using mm-hmm. just to get through such a massive story and so much he's mm. just like yeah if you if it was more there but i think i think the balance could be better i think he could spend he could just use adverbs. He could just say he said stubbornly rather than he said to the rhythm of stubbornness or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I get it. But it's it's a decision that he made. Yeah, yeah. His, I mean, it's a creative decision, yeah, yeah. and it and it's very unique. Yeah. Like not many people come up with extra sideband communications, which was as uh, you know as flexible as emoji are to put throughout so, spring out the book as a shortcut to saying what anybody's single emotion is when they say that word. Yeah. Or they say that sentence, mm. and it's fine. Like no problem at all with so it. So people never have more than one emotion at the everything at, that anybody at says time. has one emotion attached to it if they are if they are a parshendi because they say it to a rhythm mm. and there is a bit about mixing rhythms and different mm-hmm. kinds of things but it's it, it take too long of course yeah yeah cool that's the end of my review were these were these all your notes got to the end of my notes it's now we hour. yes and now we need the final rating here we go uh let's say i would say three three and a half stars okay Okay. Again, it's such a long book and it took me so long to get through it that I kind of feel like, hey, I should knock this book down just because it took me a long time. But that wasn't the reason I was, you know. But you knew that in advance. I knew it was going to take a long time. Yeah. And there are some moments in this book where I'm like, ha, Brandon Sanderson turns out he's really clever. Mm. Like he does some stuff and I'm like, ah, that's like, there's some stuff which I think is dumb. You know, and yeah. and some of the doesn't you know, always mean it's bad. And now we're rediscovering quantum mechanics. I was like, ah, leave that for book seven. You know, like some <laughs> of that because what happened. But the, what's going on in those scenes is that again, I didn't mention this, but there's these the rabbit rab, uh, a really good villain, really great person, gives Navani, who's this scholar, uh, like a lab to work in to discover all this kind of stuff, and you're like. Yeah, Navani, she's trying to be clever and she's hiding. And all the way through, you're like, oh, Raboni, you're probably clever. And it, it just turns out, yeah, they're, they're going against each other and crossing each <laughs> other and trying to do it. And because she's the queen and she doesn't have power, but she's the most powerful one that's left because all the men have gone off to war. And then, you know, there's so much going on there yeah. that actually the, the speed running, the um, scientific revolution stuff is kind of 
backdrop for story and character moments mm. and world building moments in a way which is kind of cleverer than the dumb scientific like oh I've now discovered um, you know ultraviolet light or hyperviolet light when they talk about yeah. it like the, the, some of the science stuff is a bit dumb and it's sort of like oh yeah how convenient that she can just be given this lab equipment and like six months later oh. or three months later suddenly have just all this just give the person the right equipment and yeah, they yeah, yeah. come but why, with lots of things but why that's going on is suddenly good fun and the, you know there's anyway so there's dumb stuff there's shortcuts made but overall the revelations and some of the character moments like some stuff that happens in that last four hours of the audiobook yeah. which is as long as entire novels that i've reviewed recently yeah um just stuff that happening there i'm like edge of my edge of the seat stuff i'm like oh oh i can't wait for this to read this next year i feel sorry for the people who read this in 2020 and then now have to wait three years to read yeah. the next one yeah. um, you only have to wait maybe a year Maybe a year. Who knows? Or maybe you, Anderson, you, 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 might... you, you put another bit, a bigger gap and so that then... Apparently there's a, there's a novella that I should go back and read. And apparently oh. the novella is about the same length as normal novels. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's this... Uh, the, yeah, the, I was always wondering like, oh, this character, I don't understand. So, uh, yeah, book 2.5, Edge Dancer, mm-hmm. is already... Uh, if, if I click on that, it'll tell me how... This is meant to be the novel that comes in between. It's 272 pages, so it's like short novel, yeah. short novel length rather than novella length, I guess. You should go and read that and see how how Sanderson does uh, in shorter of, formats. I've got loads of Audible credits uh, left over because I've been. Oh uh, yeah, you've been spending your time with that one. Yeah, it's it's worth an Audible credit. I can tell you that. Oh All yes. Right, let's give it three and a half stars because I mostly did enjoy yeah. it. I was just about to say because you know this book should get three three stars just because you finished it and you you <laughs> didn't hate it and you like liked it or like you, there were big sections that there was minor things that you didn't like so i think yeah three yeah. and a half sounds a bit more representative i actually think well put it this way i i, I think i uh get, let me bring up the episode list so the first one i gave three and a half stars. book two i gave three stars and then didn't read the next book for another seven years mm-hmm. stormlight archive three i gave 3.5 stars i would actually say this is a step down from from the first book and the third book when it's uh, but i enjoyed it more than the second book let me put it that way okay. but i don't know how to put that because i'm not going to give it three stars i'm going to give it three and a half stars i'm just saying slight step down but i enjoyed it for different reasons okay. and uh yeah i, could, I spent a bit more time with it three and a half stars cool that's good yeah it is good all right well what's going to come after this epic I know. I think we're going to get lunch, aren't we? No. Oh, you mean the epic <laughs> next, novel next, rather than the next, epic? Yes. So, I know, I'm going to read some shorter books. I think I've got a few. I've got a few ideas, mm-hmm. books to read. Um, yeah, take a break from fantasy because I've read quite a bit of fantasy with those other Rebecca Roanhorse books. Yeah. The Dark Stars, Black Black Sun, not mm. Dark Star, Black Sun books. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get on to some uh, other stuff. Sounds good. Don't know. Uh, literally, Don't I, I, my, I finished this book Listeners yesterday. Listeners, be surprised. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I should go to the SFBRP group on yeah. uh, on Goodreads. I think there have been a few recommendations coming in recently. Yeah, there are a few. It, it, look, people, who I really do want your recommendations. But if your recommendation is, oh, Luke, I read this back in the 1980s and I haven't read it since, but Luke might find it interesting. No, you've got to do better than that. You've got to have read it recently. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember. I'm just off the top of my head. It feels like a few people have been like, oh, it might be a bit dated. Look, I'm going to read I'm going to read books from the 1980s that I have a connection to, maybe. Mm, yeah. Or stuff that I first read in the 1980s that I have a connection to. But it's really difficult for me to have the same connection to books other people read in the 1980s and haven't read since. That then probably don't hold up well. Yeah, like the book with the feathers, the shaky feathers one. That was, that was a nice bad i didn't get to the end of it well i did 
anyway i and gave I, it two stars <laughs> i think sometimes it's really funny the way that i find books is that i um i finished a book that i wanted to read and then i go to the library app and go and have a look in the science fiction section and just get get a book that is available yeah uh, a random yeah book. i'll do that and um that's kind of what i have done right now um i'm reading this book i don't even know the title it's weird it's very weird it's it's weird okay but i'm reading it is and it a science fiction book yeah it has science fiction elements in it i don't even know i've um, got i've got six audible credits and i'm just going to click on my audible wish list see yeah. what see what's at the top of that uh oh children of memory by adr oh, pre-order boo Ooh, not available it's being released on the 24th so maybe adrian tchaikovsky the third book in the children of time children of ruin children of memory book comes out uh, next week so Ooh, next week that's I'm good definitely going to pre-order, pre-order that, that one. one so the book i'm currently re- reading is called light from uncommon stars by rika aoki okay you heard about that one Yes, I'm definitely not reading that book because from all of the descriptions and everyone who's talked about it, it's not a book for me. Yes, I don't think it's a book for you either. Anyway, you if you finish it, we'll definitely discuss it on the SFBRP and you can explain all the reasons why Luke is correct that this is not a book for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Shards of Earth is another book there, another Adrian Tchaikovsky. So maybe I'll get to that and I've got some other books here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will get to maybe some of them. Right then, that's it. I I will read other people's reviews on Goodreads now. I actually did click on one person's review just to make sure I got the names right of some people. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, but I'll I'll check out other people's reviews of this. But yes, a very highly rated book. But if you're all in on big chunky fantasy series by Brandon Sanderson, this is the book. This is the book for you. This is the series for you. So anyone who gets this far is definitely going to give it four and a half, five stars. Except yeah. me. I'm going to give it three and a half stars. But that's still a recommendation. Anything above two and a half stars, everything that's three and above is like, yeah, you'd probably read this. Yeah. Luke, Luke enjoyed this. this is your thing, yeah. Uh, Hellspark was the book that we we're talking Hellspark, about before. Yes. With the, by Janet Kagan. Hellspark. You Hellspark. rated it 1.5 stars. <laughs> So you said you got to the end of it and enjoyed it. No, I didn't finish it. So that wasn't my rating. That's purely a rating. You gave it one and a half stars. So you can't keep telling me that was a good book from the 1980s that somebody else had a good memories of and recommended. You know, I, I have scenes in my head and that makes it not No, just you, you remember some things yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes doesn't mean that's it was all... a good book. No, it doesn't mean it's a good book. Wait, we've got to finish. We've done okay. an hour and 15. Now, that really is it. I need lunch. Okay. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.